Warning, this podcast contains heavy spoilers for not just one movie, but entire franchises. We highly recommend going and watching these movies before listening to us as a companion piece that stitches all the timelines into one creepy, crime-ridden story. There will be no more spoiler warnings. We do not break character. After this, there is no turning back. You've been warned. Hit the music. You are talking about the nonsensical ravings of a lunatic mind. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! hear about the poltergeist that got arrested by the DEA? Hmm. Yeah, he got busted for possession. <laughs> <laughs> I just published my first book on poltergeist. Copies are flying off the shelf. <laughs> I told the poltergeist that if he'd leave my house, I'd give him 10,000 quid, right? Mm. When I didn't pay, fucker came back and repossessed. <laughs> 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 oh, what's this one? I didn't even check this one, but it's a... Uh, over 18, smacking on it. The three stooges are spending the night in the haunted house and get up to their usual eye-poking, nyuk-nyucking, slapstick shenanigans. Mm. In the middle of a pie fight, a poltergeist appears. Curly throws a cream pie and it turns around in midair and smacks him right in the face. He turns to Mo and says, Hey, I think that ghost must have been from Australia. Oh yeah? Why? Because it just threw a boomerang pie. <laughs> <laughs> me. Uh, a boy. Fucking lame. Uh, <laughs> Hello and welcome to It's Alive Alive Podcast. This is a true crime paranormal interstellar podcast covering unbelievable stories that sound like they were ripped straight from the pages of a Hollywood script. I am your host, the man of many names, the outlaw Harley Ray, the bruiser Bronson, Dr. HR Smokenstein THC, or you can call me Josh for short. And with me as always is my very own Scream Queen, the perfect combination of beauty and brains, the brightest smokers, the India horror, the experts the guts and gore, the gorgeous, the sexy Amy Rose. What's up, Amy? Hi. This week, we take a break from serial killers and take a look at the world of paranormal, specifically a demon by the name of Asmodeus, or Toby, as he liked to be called by his friends. So no murder for us this week, just some knocking and moving furniture. Oh, there'll be murder, five bodies to be exact. But not just that, we'll also have witches, cults, possessions, and kidnapping all playing out in this wild, spooky story. We spoke about the Enfield Poltergeist this week on our Patreon-exclusive show, Real Monsters, and how for the longest time that was the most well-documented case of a haunting on record to that date. That was until Toby and his tapes came to life. We're going to cover how Toby plagued the family being passed down through three generations as we wa- as he waited for the firstborn boy of the family to come along for him to take as a vessel. Yep. So Lois Featherstone made a deal with the devil and what we're talking about is the consequences of that deal. Not that she ever seemed too bothered about it. I know. We cover a lot of cases where crazy moms are the catalyst to the pain and misery to follow in these stories. So yeah. Be nicer to your mom and stop turning them into homicidal sociopaths with your teenage angst and bullshit. <laughs> but before we get into that, do you want to take a look at some of our own spooky happenings from around this house? Yeah, we've been talking about this kind of throughout our other shows as well, mm-hmm. about things that have been happening around here. There's actually a little update because we talked about in 
I think it might have been one of the mini swords about how we both felt the utility room was yeah. a bit of a hot spot for uh, stuff to be <laughs> happening. Yeah. And directly after we finished recording that episode, it was pretty late and you were tired and you kind of sat down on the couch and fell asleep wow. and left poor old me to clean up everything. And then I uh, went out into the utility room and found clothes that were next to the washing machine thrown on the floor and a box of tacks, little tiny nails, had been knocked off a shelf and were all over the floor. So, yeah. And then on top of it, oh, the tree knocks. Oh, that was great. <laughs> so, everybody knows we were covering the M-Field. We put up the M-Field horror as a bonus this mm. week. It's a seven-day bonus. It's going to be there for seven days. This time next week, it'll be gone, gone. and it'll be back up on Patreon only. Mm. But the big thing in Enfield Haunting was that the ghost knocked three times. And on Saturday night, we were sitting here, and I was kind of messing with you, talking about the, the idea that we might be haunted, because we went through a few things that had happened around here, and I, we'll go through them again. Yeah. But uh, that happened around here. And uh, I was messing with you, and since we were all kind of, because I was talking to our kid Riley earlier on about this as well, and he said he was going to go ghost hunting and got the same map I got and started looking. And the first room he went for was the utility mm-hmm. room. And I asked him, I said, why are you going there first? Yeah. And he said, because I don't know, there's something about this room. And I was like, that's three. Three members of this family who look at the utility room and say, <laughs> there's something weird about well, that room. Well, then there's something weird about the room. Well, anyway, I got this um, EVP hunter, it was called, on my phone. Mm. I'm not expecting much. Expecting around, kind of like. bullshitty kind of stuff. I'm just having a bit of fun. Yeah. And I went into the utility room and started asking questions. And we listened to the recording. Nothing happened. So I'm kind of sitting here at the table trying to figure out how it all works because there's all these different bits to the to the app. And I hit record and I start watching the EVP meter to see is it's there any change or you know, the decibel point going up, you know? Mm. And I'm watching that and I'm not saying anything. And you're sitting next to me and you're not saying anything. And the TV's on. I think we're watching Invincible. Yeah. Catch up before we started watching the new season. Mm. And I left the record for about a minute or so. Mm. And I stopped it and I went into the bathroom. And I had a headphone in so I could hear everything. And I'm listening and there's nothing. And there's nothing for a couple of seconds. And then there's this hollow fucking... <laughs> and I froze. I was like, no fucking way. And I came into the kitchen and I handed Amy a headphone. I was like, listen to this recording and tell me if it reminds you of anything we've dealt with, anything we've uh, researched and talked about this week. Mm. And I didn't mention the tree knocks. No, you didn't. (laughs) And Amy's listening. And the next thing, I see you coming up to the point where on the the phone, you know, on the timeline where it's about to happen. And the next thing, you just grab the headphone, pull it out of your head. It's like, nope. (laughs) Nope, 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 nope. I'll isolate it and I'll put it in. I'll put it in here. I mean, it's nothing. I mean, to people, especially skeptics who are listening to this, they'll be like, "Oh, it's just." But for us, what we were listening to and what was going on around us at the time, the lack of what was going on around us. (laughs) 
Yeah. And, the and then we tried to recreate the knocks. Oh, yeah. And we couldn't we do couldn't. it. We couldn't. And the thing about it was those three knocks were very, 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 very similar to stuff we listened uh-huh. to on the recordings of the... Mm. The infield haunting. So it was like very, 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 very much. And again, all the backstory to it. And again, if you listen to the mini soldier, you're probably going to know most of this already. Yeah. Right, the first big thing is I once worked kind of uh, casually for a guy who would clean out houses for families of dead people. Sometimes, no, we wouldn't always dead people. Sometimes we clean out fucking back gardens or sheds mm. or attics and stuff like that. Just junk people who wanted gone. Yeah. Or junk, old empty houses or whatever. But the odd time we'd get a family who's fat, someone had passed on, they want us to clear out the house. They yeah. take what they wanted out of the house, everything else was to be dumped. If it was usable, we kept and sold on, and we also got paid for clearing the place out. Okay. And uh, many a times I'd come home here with stuff, got a fucking really, really good microwave out of it one time, a really good washing machine out of it one time. We got yeah. fucking, you know, bits of these. We got a TV out of it one time, you know, yeah. and that was on top of getting paid and all mm. this stuff, so it was really cool. Yeah. But there was this one guy's house in particular that we went to. And I can only remember his second name was Grimes. And we kind of, you know, it's kind of part of it. You're going through it, there's stuff, there's a bit of snooping involved. Yeah. So when you find stuff, you are going to read through it. The family have already been through the house. Everything in here is now technically ours to do with what we want, whether it's dump or use. Yeah. So we're kind of looking at stuff and we noticed that this guy used to be a tattoo artist. He wanted to be in the army but he couldn't because he was partially deaf so he went abroad and joined one of these more hardcore fucking foreign armies. Okay. And, um, you know, like I said, we found his stash and everything, the last joint he ever rolled and all this kind of stuff. And there were some bits and pieces from his house that came mm. home here. Mm. And I was laughing saying, oh, imagine if we dragged him in. I said, yeah. one thing especially plays in my mind is this little tiny golden statue oh yeah it's up yeah. in the sitting room that i found that i thought was really cool and i put it up in the sitting room that was one of the things that, that, that really sticks in my mind that i have belonged to him i think i have some other little pe- bits and pieces of belonging around here i think we have i think one of our utility things are belonging to him i can't yes, remember which but uh anyway after that, there was only small. It's only ever been really, really small things. That, and on yeah. top of that, we are our estate is built on an ancient battleground. So ancient, there could be dead souls. A few hundred right? years, yeah, yeah. That's ancient, though. Oh, <laughs> there there wasn't any time <laughs> So um, there was one night we were in the sitting room, and I had a box of dominoes, mm. and they were up on top of the cupboard in the kitchen. And we heard a bang, and when we came out, that box of dominoes was sitting dead center the of grab. the kitchen. So, a distance away from where it had been left. Mm-hmm. And because it would have been at a slant kind of facing the opposite direction, it wouldn't have slid off. It has to be kind of like yeah, a gust wind off. off. But and a strong gust. So <laughs> yeah. That was the first <laughs> thing. Yeah. Then there's another thing. Again, I can put in the clip of this, but I don't think it's quite there's any real point. I'll put it I'll, I'll try and put it in the audio. Yeah, and by um, conversation. Yeah. yeah. So, it was one day Amy was at work, who we was working upstairs in, on a phone line, and I was sex phone. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> my God. And I was downstairs on my day off. <laughs> and um, I heard a low, we both heard a low bang. I just assumed it was her. Mm. She came, you came running out uh, onto the landing and caught me. Mm. And you told me then that you had seen the attic door up, pushed up a little bit and stuff. Yeah. Now, again, our attic 
there is. But this had been a few nights beforehand when when you were, you were you were away and the, the attic door had been stuck up. Like stuck yeah. up. I know I'm going at that because no. all it's up there is a water tank. It's really small. We're a dorm no house, storage so it's literally yeah. there's no storage room in there. There's room for the water tank and that's it. Yeah. And uh, so no one would be at that door. Last time I was at that that door got pushed up was when I was painting it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the, for no reason, and I, that just totted down out of nowhere and you can hear our conversation in the video where it's just amy going josh could you come out here quick for a minute Is that you? <laughs> so that was the other thing. And then there's the utility room door where we've seen the handle move mm-hmm. down. Now, we both said that that's probably because the handle's a bit loose. But we've seen it slowly move down as if it's being tried to be opened. Now, sometimes the dog is on the other side of that door, so it could be the dog doing could something. Be. But the last night, I came downstairs to get something, and I opened the utility room door. And it wasn't a lot of pressure, but it felt like there was a slight gust of wind against the door. Mm-hmm. As if I was pushing it against yeah. the gust of wind to open it. Just a split second. So that was... Somebody didn't want crazy. you in there. Crazy, what? Somebody didn't want you in there. I don't know. See, I think if we have something in here, then... Well, it, it's obviously happy. Like I said in the other... I said that in the other shows, right? It would obviously be happy because it, yeah. it would have been here for a few years and it hasn't been causing us any trouble. It's just been the odd bang or, or, or thing just to let us you know, maybe just say, hey.
to find out that there is such thing. And I know it sounds weird, but to say even down to the demon side of things, to find some sort of evidence of a demon or a poltergeist or a ghost would be very comforting to me to know that this isn't it. When we're done here, something else is there because we're witnessing a version of it here or something that hasn't been able to cross over but that means there's somewhere to cross over oh to. exactly yeah. do you know yeah so I find that really fucking I think that would be really comforting mm-hmm. that thought of that your energy could still be here and it needs to cross over to somewhere else which means there's something to cross over to. yeah so I mean I think that would be cool and I think that would be a big motivation for me to go find something and on top of that I don't really believe any of these things can really really hurt you unless you really give them the power to it's a Freddy Krueger kind of fucking thing. Whereas if you, if you, if you give them the power to, Pennywise to, to take over your yeah. head, yeah, your mind, then they can, they can do what they want. Yeah. But if you take that control away from them and refuse to let it fucking scare you, then you're not going to have that problem. Yeah. No, exactly. unfortunately, I have given these things recorded evidence that I'm terrified of shadow people so when they do eventually come for me that's all I'm going to be seeing constantly is just shadow, shadow people, people, people everywhere or me shit my pants <laughs> I'm sure eventually I'll get used to them and be like it's alright it's just a shadow dude <laughs> you know it's cool that or what I'll do is I'll get one of those green suit ones and I'll start peeking around corners so when they peek around this corner they'll, ah, they'll be the all black <laughs> you'll just see this green guy peeking back and I'll just wave and then move away again <laughs> Peter Griffin giggles <laughs> start fucking with the fucking child of people <laughs> I don't know I think I've seen one I'm still here so you saw one passing by quickly I mean those ones where you see him like literally looking at you around the way the door like and they're, there, they're, fuck they're there for a second watching you and it's once you notice them they're moving away really quickly you know those ones ones where it's just a flash passing you i can get it. that that would just that in that instance i'd be like oh shit what was that like you were and kind of did you see that did i see it? oh my god did we see something and then you run down and then you run you know but I mean, you know, we're watching paranormal cotton camera, mm-hmm. and they're, they're the, ca- the camera is on the thing for a couple of seconds before any before it decides to fucking move. That means it's been watching you before the camera hit you, and then once the camera hits it, it goes fucking missing. That creeps the shit out of me. Do you remember? I think it was on paranormal cotton camera one night, and they were like in a basement, and it looked like there was a kid standing there. Do you remember like oh, little toddler like kids? A, yeah, a shadow person just standing against the wall, kind of staring. Yeah, at but them. it also looked like they're like there was like like a sh- like. Like a like not a hollow kid. What you call him? Like, like a see through kind of like it looks like the little toddler. Like, like uh, yes, yeah, uh, so apparition of a ghost. Peeping out from behind the thing in the basement. Mm. That was creepy as fuck. Yeah, I, I didn't like that one. That one sticks with me. But I think again, like we say, that from what I've learned from our research, and again, we will get to it a little later in this. I well, I'd be cool with a ghost too. A ghost, oh, I a ghost okay can't a really ghost. do anything. Yeah. Apparently, a ghost, and again, we will repeat this later. A ghost is only mean and mean spirited and violent if it was a mean-spirited and violent person it's going to take on the person you're still going to have the same personality so if you're a decent fucking person you're going to be a decent ghost if you're a okay. fucking prick you're going to be a prick you know <laughs> yeah. 
like we say later again in this, it kind of comes up in a way later on. But it's like when you go to funerals and people are like, he was a lovely man. But a week beforehand when he was alive, he was like, that fucking cunt down the corner. I swear to God, I wish he'd just dropped out of a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> and a week later, you're like, oh, I can't believe he was a saint. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, so definitely we're going to look into this ghost hunting thing. First thing first, we've got to get a Ouija board. We'll do that. We'll get our ghost hunter friend on the show if we can. Oh, I'll try and even coincide. If I can order the Ouija board before he gets here and see what he thinks of that. He'd see if he says it's okay to use. He says it's not okay. And <laughs> see what he thinks. That could be a little bit of fun. We could record it. It could go on TikTok. It could go on uh, Instagram. Oh, I think that'd be funny. I mean, we might try that. I'm going to check that out. Now, you may be asking, what's the difference between a ghost, poltergeist, and demon? Well, don't worry, because we're going to tell you. Hell yeah, we will. So let's whack out the Ouija board. Give old Toby a call and get this interview started. the fuck we will. You're going to use Google like the rest of us. (laughs) So we got lucky with the one that you might have brought home here already. But at least he stays nice and quiet most of the time. If I leave you at your Ouija board, it'll be Hotel Transylvania here in no time. <laughs> That's fair. So what is the difference between a ghost, a poltergeist, and a demon? This information is taken from ISSUU.com and was written by Saffron Caudle and was published in October 2020. In this article, they explain the differences between ghosts, poltergeists, and demons. You never know when you might get haunted, so let's get acquainted with which entities could be harmless and which ones are definitely not. First on our list is ghosts. The old classic when it comes to supernatural entities. Ghosts are known to simply be the spirits of people who have passed away and make themselves seen by the living. They tend to only manifest visually, but some have been reported to bring audible messages from beyond. That creeps the fuck out of me. Mm-hmm. The thought of hearing a disembodied voice, ooh, that would make me think I'm going crazy. Rather would you than rather ghost. see the ghost and hear it rather yep, than, see yeah. It. Yep. If I hear it, I'm thinking I'm going crazy. What if it because doesn't have a head, is, so technically it's still, you can't see where the voice is coming from. But you hear so many um, people who have like, um, you know, like paranoid schizophrenia and stuff like that, and they're hearing... You know, disembodied voices. That would be the first thing my brain would go to. It wouldn't be ghost. It would be, fuck, I'm losing my mind. Um, They tend to... Yeah, yeah, so... um, They change the temperature of the rooms or they bring a certain odor to their presence as well. Ghosts are almost exclusively dead humans who passed into the afterlife with unresolved issues or suffered a violent death. So generally, ghosts are troubled souls. However, that doesn't exactly make them dangerous or malevolent. Although they can be if they were a particularly evil person in life, as I said earlier. So if Hitler came back as a ghost, he's still going to be a prick. He's still going to be a knobhead. It's not, it's not, like we said, you do not just instantly become a saint for dying. Yeah. They tend to, we all have to do it, so fuck yeah. <laughs> they tend to stick to the location where these hard-to-move past events took place. But have been known to attach their spirit to objects and even humans in the past. This can explain haunted houses where a spirit remains regardless of who is moving into it or out of the space. Many people who claim to have had ghastly, ghostly, ghastly, I suppose works too, ghastly. encounters mm-hmm. say they have been, uh, they have had sensations that they're being watched and also heard strange noises or voices in their homes. That's the feeling in the utility room. Mm-hmm. The feeling is someone's like behind you. Yeah. Do you yeah. know? Exactly. An atmosphere of pressure of like there's something over you or around you that 
shouldn't be mm. that pressure that shouldn't be there. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. And it's not necessarily a bad pressure. So I would kind of reiterate that. If we have something here, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's negative. Mm. It, it never fe- it feels uncomfortable to be in there, but it might just be a case of maybe we're in its home space from Rinda. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And, and maybe that's in its head. That's like that's we have our bedroom, the lads have their bedroom. Maybe to it, that's its space, and okay. we're invading that space without asking. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should just start knocking before we go into the three room. <laughs> this would solve the problem. No. Oh, when it knocks back, <laughs> that's when we really need to go in there so we can wash our pants after we shit ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> But watch out because you could confuse your ghost for a poltergeist and you don't want to do that because they are definitely a different sort of animal. The word itself translates to noisy ghost, which refers to its apparent ability to make noise, throw around objects and otherwise disrupt our physical environment. They're said to be able to bite, pinch and attack or harass their human victims as well as move, throw and even break objects. Many experts believe that they have nothing to do with ghosts or spirits at all. The best way to describe a poltergeist is active kinetic energy that causes physical disturbances. This makes sense as ghosts are generally unable to break through to the physical realm in the extreme ways that make poltergeists unique. Another key difference is that poltergeists aren't typically visible the way ghosts are, although they have no trouble making their presence known. Poltergeists are extremely angry and violent, non-corporeal entities that have the power to lash out and physically interact with our environment. So while seeing a ghost is certainly scary beyond belief, being in a space with a poltergeist, invisible or not, is straight up dangerous. Unlike ghosts, poltergeists are said to feed directly off the emotional state of a particular person rather than being linked with a place. They are psychic disturbances that surround an unhappy person. Some experts explain it as a mass form of energy that a living person is controlling unknowingly. And for this reason, poltergeists are known to follow energy or a person rather than occupying a particular space like a ghost does. And we talked about that in um, Real Monsters, Mm. that it didn't matter if Janet was in the house or the house. The, the the, The activity in the house would ease to a degree when Janet wasn't in the house yeah. but it would still follow her to wherever she was going yeah no it was times where they went on holidays and they got a bit of a reprieve from it but from what I know whenever Janet would put somewhere else the ghost just or the poltergeist just followed and at the same time would still be kind of again not as violent against the family but they were still seeing apparitions around the house at yeah. that point but uh, we were talking as well about when you're talking about psychic disturbances but when we're in real monsters we were talking about it and it was my X-Men theory. Because there was these physicists who say, who believed that this could be um, at that age, that pubescent age, that you could be tapping into this electrical energy inside your brain, parts of your brain that you're not using. Yeah. And that's causing you to literally move stuff with your mind. Yeah. Telekinesis. Yeah. And uh, I always say, that's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. That would be absolutely awesome if that is true. That you know, If they could... Do more research on that and find out if that's true and the poltergeist activity is actually just us yeah. using this telekinesis that we don't know how to control yet. Exactly, yeah. Do you know, yeah. and that's why things are flying around the place. That would be fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know how that would explain Janet's voice wow. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the information she was getting. But I love the fucking the- theory that, like, you know, maybe there's more to our brain. I mean, what yeah, if there is? Okay. I mean, what if, what if you time traveled and in, uh, 
fucking a hundred years we get there and the people are just moving shit with them. like literally Star Wars was right the fuck mm-hmm. I that was my theory remember I had that theory on my Star Wars theory mm-hmm. where I said that all of Hollywood most of their sci-fi is just to prepare us for the reality of what's actually out there what, that, that, that we are really just a small part of a really huge galaxy that we uh, don't have yet to discover and that George Lucas he looks like an alien yeah. Is actually a historian here telling us the story of this great war in the galaxy so that we know it before we get initiated into the fucking galaxy knowledge and that we can kind and this tapping into the part of our brain is actually what the force is and all this stuff. See, I am a really big Sounds fucking nerd. completely plausible. Yep, I'm a big uh-huh. nerd. I hear it myself. I, as I'm talking, like, I'm thinking, you fucking nerd, shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's <I'm>, cute. So. <laughs> when it starts, or, this is my X-Men theory, but I also have a Star Wars theory. I promise. I, I have a house of my own. I don't live in my mom's basement. <laughs> <laughs> the girl that talks on the other microphone, she really he goes away. We, 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 we even sleep together. <laughs> we have two kids to prove it. <laughs> I'm not that big of a nerd. They're not mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. You move on. <laughs> then we have demons. And they are defined as an evil spirit or devil. Especially one taught to possess a person or act as a tormentor in hell. They're widely considered to be insidious or malevolent in nature and have been referenced in countless types of folklore, religions, and cultures throughout history. In religious terms, they're often considered to be a fallen angel or other lower gods who wield some sort of supernatural power. A demon isn't out for any resolution of an issue, but rather pure malicious evil, as it feeds off the emotional energy of fear and anger. While the danger and potential for the physical destruction associated with demons can be compared to that of a poltergeist, it's considered much more severe in demonic cases and demons have the power to make themselves very much seen in the human realm. Demons can manifest themselves to us taking on physical form in order to try and coax us to commit evil. And that's a subject that we will be getting into in the new year when we cover a certain... uh, famous exorcism and the priest who murdered a bunch of people afterwards they're said to be highly persuasive and prey upon vulnerable emotionally troubled people who may be desperate for help not able to think clearly or are weak in other ways and while demons won't necessarily haunt you the way a ghost will they can do worse demonic possession A demonic possession occurs when, through continued cooperation with a demon, a person essentially invites the demon in. This is where a demon's snake-like power of persuasion comes in handy. One of the ultimate mysteries mankind faces is the question of whether some other world or dimension exists beyond the natural world, the domain of the supernatural. Some are typically seen as personal. Deities, devils, angels, ghosts, or spirits, while others while others are impersonal, karma, fate, destiny, luck. Supernatural attribution occurs when a person interprets an event, a situation, action, or thought as being caused by a supernatural entity. But if you're superstitious and want to take some precautions, here are the top four things to have in your arsenal at all times to protect against the things that go bump in the night. First of all, salt. There's an old belief that throwing salt over your left shoulder would protect you from bad luck. 
This comes from the belief that the devil is always standing behind you. And throwing salt distracts him from interfering in your life. That's fucked up considering I just said it felt like there was something standing behind us every mm-hmm. time we're inside. And mm-hmm. <laughs> salt has traditionally been a protective agent. A line of salt across all points of entry should prevent ghosts or demons entering your home. Remember to cover all points of entry. Don't forget windowsills and fireplaces. Silver. So everyone has heard the myth about a silver bullet being the only thing that can stop a werewolf in its tracks. But the myth and lore of silver being used against creatures of the night extends beyond werewolves. Because of the lunar association that silver has in European folklore, it's believed to be protective against monsters such as vampires, werewolves and shapeshifters. Along with salt, it's believed to be pure, which is probably why it has become a symbol of protection. Next up is iron. So that just means like, you know, big ass muscles pumping that iron. (laughs) This is another metal that is thought to be very important for humanity and protection against the dark and supernatural. I'm sorry. All I can picture now is Rick and Summer from Rick and Morty walking around. When they get all pumped up and they're walking around after they beat up the devil. And it's just a DMX song going on. X gon' give it to you. <laughs> gonna give it to you. And they're beating up all the bag. <laughs> the folklore and myth behind its importance is varied worldwide. Horseshoes are probably the most well-known charms that originated as iron protection or providers of good luck. It is believed in many European cultures that horseshoes are good luck and that if they are made of iron, it would also ward off bad spirits and prevent the visit of unwanted otherworldly guests to their homes. We're going to have to get ourselves a horseshoe. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. But you hang it, you hang it up the way so that the luck doesn't fall out, isn't it? Oh yeah, mm. some. I've heard different ones. That's the most because some, some some people, some regions, I do hang them upside down. I don't know what the significance is in that, but we hang them with the with with the opening up the way. So, and you now you like never turn it like you, and you never turn it upside down because all your luck will fall out. Fall out. Ah, cool. We got to get one. Definitely. Religious relics. So most notable, the Christian ideas of holy water and the use of the crucifix have been the objects that have been that have uh, become synonymous with protection against various creatures. Holy water is water that has been blessed with a special prayer, usually by a member of the clergy or a religious figure. It has been used historically against demons in exorcisms. So now that we know the difference, let's take a deeper look at our main subject for today. He isn't a ghost, and he ain't no poltergeist. No, today we're dealing with a full-blown demon by the name of Asmodeus. Now, when I first saw this, right, Asmodeus, for some reason, the first S just kind of blocked from my eyesight. And I saw it as Amadeus. Amadeus. And yeah, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what happened. Yeah. When we read this, I, that's been good in my head. But I thought you wouldn't get it. And I'd be like, Amadeus, Amadeus. Yeah, the Doctor <laughs> is a song from the Planet of the Apes musical starring Troy McClure. You know where that comes from, yeah? <laughs> what? It's the Doctor's Ace, but then that's, that's well, the Doctor Amadeus Zayas song. Is- yeah. What's the Amadeus song? Oh, that's a song Amadeus, as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that as well. <laughs> yeah, so that's then that's Dr. Zeus. See, I thought it. for some reason, I knew I knew the Amadeus thing from somewhere, but I thought it was another demon But that's that why Asmodeus was catching me so much because it was but, uh, Amadeus. Yeah, but it, all day it's been Amadeus, 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 and it doesn't work as well as Asmodeus. Asmodeus, Asmodeus, If you pronounce it Asmodeus. It's not as good as Amadeus. (laughs) 
He is a demon with a deep history and shows up over various different religious beliefs. Asmodeus is a prince of demons in Abrahamic religions. In Judeo-Islamic lore, he is the king of both demons and demons. Asmodeus is mostly known from the book of Tobit, in which he is the primary antagonist. The demon is also mentioned in some Talmudic legends, for instance, in the story of the construction of the Temple of Solomon. In Islam, he is identified with the puppet mentioned in the Quran. So that will put a bit in the Muslim faith as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The name Asmade is believed to derive from the Avestan, where Asme, meaning wrath, and Deva signifies demon. And from the hit song. (laughs) (laughs) I've literally just got that out of my house, out of my head. This is going to be like Cartman would um, come sail away with me every time it's mentioned. I'm going to have to no, sing it I'm through. fucked that way as well. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Why the Deva Isma, if I'm pronouncing that right, is, is thus Zoroastrianism's uh, demon of wrath. It is also well attested as such. The compound Isma Deva is not attested in the scripture. It is nonetheless likely that such a form did exist and that the book of Tobit's Asmodeus. Asmodeus, thanks Josh. Asmodeus, And the Talmans Asmodeus, Asmodeus. Now most of our listeners will have two things in common and that's a love of true crime and horror movies. And the events we're about to get into are like a perfect mix of the two. Great idea if you ask me. Taking true crime and putting horror elements together and mashing them up into one. It's a wonder no one else has done it. It's such a good, good idea. An idea, though, that Paramount Pictures had first. Yeah, in picture form, not podcast. So, in what was seen as untasteful at the time due to the ending and the real-life deaths of five people involved. It's for that reason that we're sure you, the listeners, have at some point heard the case of the Featherstone family and the movies attached to them known widely as the Paranormal Activity franchise. The Featherstone girls had a type with mother Julie and daughters Katie and Christy all choosing techhead husbands and because of that, literally all the paranormal activity they experienced and the murders that resulted from it are all caught on camera. In the wake of the murders of Mika Sloat and Christy and Daniel Ray, the Ray and Sloat families agreed to sell the footage exclusively to Paramount Pictures. Using the movie right profits to fund the search for the Ray's grandson Hunter Ray, who was kidnapped by his supposedly possessed aunt, Katie Featherstone. They were the basis for the first two paranormal activity documentaries. With no narration or script, we watched the raw, untouched footage left behind by Daniel Ray's CCTV security system and Mika Slots Slots. I keep calling the man Slots. Slots recording of his own investigation into the strange going ons around his home around October of 2006. There was more footage that was thought to be lost or stolen by Katie Featherstone, which turns out was moved by the then 15-year-old daughter of Daniel Ali Ray. Ali was his daughter from his first marriage. Daniel was a young widower, and a few years after the passing of his first wife, he met and married Christy Featherstone. Ali had been the most vocal witness to the haunting that hit her home in the August of 2006 and had moved the boxes of tapes depicting early home videos of Katie, Christy and her mother, mother Julie and her partner Dennis from 1988. Toby was there too. Don't forget Toby. Mm. Ali had felt the evil coming and felt the the doom and gloom engulf her house. So when she went on a school trip in October 2006, she decided to move and hide the box of tapes. 
what you might ask is on these tapes that's so important. The box which was left in the Ray's basement by Katie pre-possession was full of home videos of Katie and Christy in 1988 when they were aged just five and nine, Katie being the elder of the two. There's a little controversy to this quote-unquote documentary. The ending of Paranormal Activity 3 was the first time Paramount had dramatised a few scenes to finish off the story. The actual tapes finish when the family flee the home to go to Julie's mother's house. In the movie, they go on to insinuate that Julie's mother was a part of a coven called the Midwives, and that Dennis and Julie died as part of a ritual to Asmodeus. I nearly did it again. <laughs> and so they could take possession of Katie and Christy to train them and initiate them into their coven. The truth is, a few weeks after fleeing their home from for Lois Featherstone's house, Dennis and Julie were killed in a freak car accident when two tires blew out at the same time, causing Dennis to lose control of the car and hit a pole. The car almost instantly went up in flames, leaving the couple unrecognisable, needing dental records to positively ID them later for official reports. Unlike the Sloats and her grandparents, the Rays, Ali, who is still young and naive, didn't just sell Paramount the 1988 footage, but she also sold them the creative license to expand on the story, even to make fictional works based on the story. Hence, movies such as Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, The Ghost Dimension, and their latest one, Next of Kin. <coughs> yeah, the story of Toby and the Featherstones has blown up, and facts have got lost to more urban legends. With talks of witches' magic, ghost realms, and time travel. We've come a long way from the found footage first discovered at the scene of the murder of Mika Sloth in 2006. And I wouldn't mind, the truth is so much scarier than fiction. This is a story that did not need to get extra drama. I mean, Dennis and Julie's free car accident, you know, that, that screams demon death to me already. <laughs> Why change it? Hey, you. Yeah, you. You like the podcast? Want some more? Then head on over to our Patreon page where for just five euro a month you get up to 12 extra shows in that month along with piles of mini-sodes covering fun facts from the world of horror and true crime. Each week we drop multiple shows such as Real Monsters where we look at the inspiration behind the movie killers or Behind the Mask where we take a look at the influential people and happenings in the world of Hollywood. All this, plus movie reviews, watch-alongs, and regular AMAs. That means ask me anything. You really do get a bang for your buck. And, and by bang, I mean, like, podcast. I'm not soliciting or anything. Shit. Um, moving on. For just five euro a month, all this could be yours. So head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash IAAPod. That's www.patreon.com forward slash IAAPod. And start listening now. The demon Asmodeus appeared to one or more witches sometime in the 1930s and arranged a deal. Asmodeus would grant wealth and supernatural power to any who asked for it in exchange for the life of or soul of the next male to be born into the family line. Among those supernatural powers were inducing artificial amnesia and summoning Asmodeus as well as other demons. Over the next 50 years, the family produced four different women, but no men. Lois, her daughter Julie, and her own daughters, Katie and Christy. Asmodeus spent this time silently haunting the family as he waited for his payment. So no deal with, for the, with the devil for us. We only have boys. We have to get <laughs> one of them up if we want. <laughs> so if you're prepared to 
pack Riley's bags and send them up. Excuse me, Sometime in 1988, Asmodeus made himself known to the youngest daughter of Julie Christie as Toby, after his ancient foe Tobias from the Book of Tobit. Julie's boyfriend Dennis, who was living with the family at the time and was a wedding and events videographer working from their garage, first recorded Toby accidentally and unknowingly in September 1988 when Christie was playing with it under a trampoline during her sister Katie's ninth birthday party. Watching paranormal videos online has ruined the concept of imaginary friends for me. Now I see a kid talking to no one and I am attacking them with a super soaker full of holy water. Says the pagan. If it works, it fucking works. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me. Do you remember I was telling you a few weeks ago, I was sitting in the sitting room and the way the way our couch is now, uh, there, there's like a gap between you know, the couch oh, yeah, and, and, the and the wall. So yeah. you're facing away from the wall, but your back is to the yeah, gap. Yeah, yeah. And Riley came in and he was obviously like overtired or he was, you know, something was up with him or he was maybe just looking for a bit of attention. Oh, like yeah. all kids do. Yeah. But uh, he came in and he was like legitimately like, he was like, I keep seeing things. I keep seeing things out of the corner of my eye. And I was like, all right. I was like, maybe, you know, maybe you're just a bit tired because it's kind of getting late. And then he started looking behind me like really fast and looking at me again, like focusing on me. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing, Riley? And I see, <gasps> looking behind me and looking back at me, looking behind me, looking back at me. He was like, I keep seeing something behind you. And I was like, are you actually being serious now? And I wanted to believe him, but I didn't want to get in the child either in case we need to bring him to a doctor or something. And he was like, I keep seeing something standing behind you. And all I could think of was the gap between me and the, and the wall. And if I looked behind and saw this thing, I'm giving this thing attention. So I was like, are you being serious right now? And he was like, well, yeah, like kind of out of the corner of my eye. So, I mean, I couldn't look behind me. That on top of Fiona every night. And I was calling down saying that he's here and squeaking around his room. No, I have killed two mice in the last fucking week. So that could be winter. it too. <laughs> and we live in the country. But, but it's every night within five minutes he gets into bed. And it, he's not making it up because it annoys him. It well, really annoys him because he's trying to get to sleep and it's pissing him off. Well, I, I won't get into it right now because I know I get into it a little bit later in the story, but I will explain as well then why we might be noticing more stuff right now this week than we ever have before. And again, look, I'll get into it soon. I don't think it's that far away in the story and we will talk about mm. why the, this might be happening in the yeah. house. So, Toby took up residence inside a crawl space in Christy and Katie's room and engaged in late-night games with Christy. They would play hide-and-seek and climb on furniture. At one point, Christy jumped 12 feet from a ledge into the safety of Toby's waiting arms. Now, in the video, the way the security is set up, you don't actually see get to see her land. Mm. You see her on the ledge from the camera from her bedroom. But uh, the, cam- the downstairs camera was fitted on a kind of revolving kind of arm. So mm. it would move around. So it would, so, so, he could get, so that Dennis could get a full view of the room. You okay. Know? So yeah. it was open kind of plan. So it would go from the front door. It would scan the sitting room, the dining room, and then into the kitchen and then back. Okay. So you see Christy jumping off this ledge. You don't hear a thud. And then by the time the camera has come back, over towards her direction she's standing on the ground and is like let's do it again ah. and back up the stairs so during the day christy and toby continued contact through tea parties and the knocking game oh. christy would knock three times on the closet door and toby would knock 
back from inside. The rest of the family assumed Toby was an imaginary friend Christy had dreamed up. Dennis was amused by Christy's knocking game and even offered Toby a pat on the shoulder while participating in a tea party, which Toby apparently did not appreciate. Christy was not the only person Toby played with. Dennis first discovered Toby when an earthquake disrupted a sex tape he was making with Julie. The camera recorded Toby shaking a cloud of dust off himself. And I will say, I have watched Paranormal Activity 1, 2, and 3. And I believe, because we were going to discuss it a few times here, that um, you know because of Paramount taking creative license with the ending of Paranormal Activity 3 to wrap up a story for them, and uh, making that fake that people don't really believe everything that they see in Paranormal Activity 3, the, yeah. the, the first part of it, which I believe was real. I believe it's as real as the first oh, two. Yeah. And in all three movies, or documentaries, pa- documentary parts of the movies, yeah, all three, Katie, Christy, and Julie, are offered the opportunity to make a sex tape with their husbands. Yeah. And only Julie was cool enough to say yeah. <laughs> just, just, just say, you're not. Not cool if you don't make one. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying. Julie's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, um, Toby once followed Julie downstairs as she was making a midnight snack, but expressed displeasure with Julie saying, God damn it, at her, her garbage disposal and dropped a lamp on the floor. And now, this isn't just a fucking lamp that was on the shelf. This was. This is um, a light fucking, like a, a chandelier kind of like lamp. Like a fixture. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that came from the ceiling down. Um, when the girl's babysitter, Lisa, took a sheath from Toby's crawl space and pretended to be the ghost, Toby snuck up on her while she was studying and dropped the sheet at her feet. That footage alone should prove the existence of the paranormal. Have you fucking seen it? How do you explain that to me? Yeah, I mean, but just like anything, people can't explain. Skeptics claimed it, that, that it was special effects and Paramount taking creative license with the 88 footage. So whatever about the first two documentaries, people really have a hard time buying what they see in Paranormal Activity. Yeah, I suppose I can't blame him. I just said that myself two seconds ago, didn't I? So yep. far, yeah. <laughs> when Lisa went to put the sheet back, Toby blew a puff of air in her face and scared her. And I mean, if you watch the footage, she is, after that happens, she gets her stuff together and she is sitting, waiting to get out there. She, I'm guaranteeing you, she never babysat in that whole house again. I used to babysit for this person and they had a bathroom. I hate being in the bathroom. And it was a bathroom the size of our kitchen. And I mean, like, it was it was kind of an empty bathroom as well. So, like, the toilet was back at one side and then, like, the, the corner shower was, like, way off at the other end of the room. And it, looking, sitting on the toilet, it was, like, one of those, like, the uh, hotel corridors that got longer when you were looking at it yeah. and I hated needing to pee in that house <laughs> hated it. I'd rather hold it no, it's I, the house just up the road for my mom and dad's no I only ever really babysat relatives so houses I was used to being in not you know? scary houses no but the uh, house actually that house that I was babysitting sitting in the father had literally just died about two months before oh. I started babysitting so <laughs> just saying not nice no so Toby, at first, maintained a friendly relationship with Christy, but showed animosity for her family from the very start. While investigating the sounds of Toby's footsteps, Dennis follows Toby into its crawl space. Toby was deeply offended and vented to Christy about the incident, but Christy stood up for Dennis, calling him sweet. 
Toby later spooked Dennis through loud noises and by slamming windows shutters behind him. That oh, that is that's unsettling. In all mm, fairness, the yeah. bang, especially the, the kind of the type of bang it is. It's always such a severe thud. Yeah. Like you know, it's very you know what you're after. Here. Oh yeah, it's unnatural. Like, I mean, know? like if there was wind, it'd be like nearly a follow up sound. Like because like the sound just ends so abruptly, you know what. But it see, is, that's like, the thing that fucks me up about the recording we got that we played earlier in this episode. Mm-hmm. Those three knocks to me sound clear cuts. They they they're very specific. Mm-hmm. They're very in your face. Li- this is exactly what you had just... I, I did a lot of listening to the Enfield fucking stuff last week. I know you did. I watched, uh, like, two documentaries. I watched a dramatized version of it. I watched fucking YouTube video after YouTube video about it. You did. And this noise is... Uh, and then me and Riley slowed it down, and that did not help the matter. That made it sound even worse. I knew you <laughs> I, I wouldn't have slowed down. I was at work. No. I could hear the commotion going on downstairs. I was like, what are they at? I will put the slowed down version in here later. If I can get a recording of it, I'll put that in here because I put the normal version in here. But I truly believe whatever about anything else we've spoken <laughs> about that's happening around here, those three knocks was something. <laughs> that, that was too for what we were dealing with that week that was holy fuck that was just and I can't believe how excited I got <laughs> me, to be honest because I did think it would scare the shit out of me so Dennis and later Julie also provoked Toby by interrogating Christy about her games and conversations with her things Toby had told Christy to keep secret when Christy and Katie were having a backyard camp out, Toby became frustrated when he was unable to find Christy and took it out on Dennis and Julie, locking them inside the house and separating them. He lured Dennis into the girls' room to get him out of the way while he punished Julie, but Dennis retrieved Julie before Toby could get, to her, get her alone in their bathroom. Toby let the matter drop after Julie brought the girls back into the house. So he could be, uh, you know, he could be understanding. You know, yeah. It's cool, you know. It's kind of like, um, again, in the Enfield haunting, do you remember where he, um, the ghost had told the family not to reveal the messages on the pen and papers that were being left around by the psychic. Yeah, and he kind of let them off. And the uh, it was like, yeah. yeah, the first time when, uh, was it Peggy was her name? Peggy fucking yeah. told uh, her her ex-husband about it. Mm-hmm. It was like, the messages, we know who that was. If this was a misunderstanding, don't let it happen again. It's like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> So Katie accidentally, on purpose, provoked Toby multiple times through picking on Christy, summoning him twice through a Bloody Mary game, and we'll get into that later, that one gets really good, and also by taunting him before entering his crawl space. Toby locked her inside of it twice, only letting her out after Julie and later Christy interfered. When Katie was chasing Christy upstairs in pursuit of a doll, Toby blocked her way and yanked her up off the floor by her hair. Katie enraged Toby to the point that he stayed permanently angry with her even after 15 years. We've all seen the footage when you see Katie clearly run into something that resembles an invisible wall and then get picked up by the ponytail. She's literally lifted off the ground by something invisible. Again, if if it happened in Paranormal Activity one or two, yeah, people people would believe it. But Ali, given Paramount's creative license, made this this entry kind of suspect. Okay. On the night of September twenty second, nineteen eighty eight, Toby possessed Christy and walked her into Dennis and Julie's room, where Christy stood and stared at the couple for over an hour. 
Judging by Christie's later reaction and footage, Toby may have tried to use Christie to kill Dennis, Julie and Katie. Christie was deeply disturbed by this in addition to the request Toby made later that night. Toby was growing impatient and wanted to mate with Christy to father her child in hopes of producing a male heir he had been promised. Yeah. Fucking paedophile. Christy, <laughs> and that's super paedophile because that dude's old as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Christy refused to give in to his demands. Good girl, Christy, and told Toby to stop talking to her. That's it. No means no, Toby. In a rage, Toby gave Christy a high fever and brutally attacked Katie and Dennis's assistant Randy the following day. See, was that, he that's trying to like show court? Like, 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 he was bringing her out for tea parties and all. Like, oh, this like an actual like grooming that fucker. My God. We're going to get Toby cancelled. Fucking <laughs> as modious your ass is done in Hollywood. No more paranormal activity for Toby. <laughs> so, um, obviously, high fever and all that. The parents first thing they're going to do. Scoop Doctor. kid up, doctors. Yeah. So, um, Dennis had an assistant named Randy. Yeah. And Randy had been kind of following along with Dennis with everything that was going yeah. on, you know, setting up the cameras and seeing all this stuff. And Randy was encouraging Dennis, you know, to fucking keep recording, keep recording. Yeah. This is awesome. This is awesome. So, uh, they needed someone to babysit. And obviously, the previous babysitter had decided mm-hmm. that she not was done in that fucking house. Really so, nice. she would not be calling over again. So Randy agreed to come over and keep an eye on Katie while Christy was taken to the doctor. Mm. Um, Randy asked Katie what she wanted to do, and Katie, being the way she was, Katie was, you know, a bit of an attention seeker at the time. Just, just that at that age, yeah, you know, yeah. a little bit just at that age, heading towards fucking teenage years, starting to get cranky. She's like eleven or twelve at this point. And because of all the activity that's been going on, she again asked to play Bloody Mary. She'd done this with uh, Christy a few times. Okay. Um, so she wanted to play Bloody Mary. Yeah. Uh, Randy, being the smart ass, he was brought the camera in with him because, you know, they had the camera in the bedroom. He took the bedroom camera from the kids' yeah. room, brought it into their ensuite bathroom, and they start playing Bloody Mary. Okay. Now, in the footage, they do the Bloody Mary, Bloody mm. Mary, Bloody Mary, and then Randy turns the light on. Christy, or sorry, Katie, complains that he didn't need the light off long enough. Okay. And they kind of get back and forth and agree to do it one more time. Yeah. And they do it again, bloody Mary, bloody Mary, bloody Mary, and they leave the light off. Okay. And it's off for maybe about 30 seconds or so, and Randy starts, well, can we turn it on again and all this? And then you hear a crash. <sighs> and next thing, they look outside, and the furniture in the bed- bedroom has been thrown around, and half the room has been darkened, the light's been cut off. And it shut, Randy shuts the door panicking. The door starts fucking rattling. The lights turn off. Mm. And when the lights come back on, he, I think you can get a glimpse of something standing behind him. I'm not 100% sure. It's fucking real yeah. fucking cagey. And again, because like we said, Paranormal Tree, people believe that some shit was fake. But he's got a big scratch down his side. Mm-hmm. And when Dennis returned from the doctor's, Randy was inside in the garage packing up all his tools and equipment and t- basically told Dennis to find a new yeah. assistant. Yeah. He wasn't coming back to that house. Well. He was freaked out to fuck. Okay. So, yeah, that was another and that's crazy one. Gone. And that's, again, is we've seen this footage. It's in the movie. You know, the, the, the documentary part of the movie, as we call mm-hmm. it. And, unfortunately, it has been muddied up by... Yep. The whole Paramount Pictures movie. And, and, and look, it was bound to happen. But that's okay. 
nothing we can do about it. We'll just <laughs> try and give you the facts as we see them in the horrorverse. Later that night, the furious demon trashed the girl's room and dragged Katie into his crawlspace, holding her hostage until Christy agreed to do as he asked. Toby told her to go to Lois's house and prepare for a binding ritual. Julie at first denied Christy's plea and Toby's very existence. In response, Toby dropped the kitchen furniture on her. Now, what does that mean? You might be asking. <laughs> it is very, like, <laughs> an odd sentence. <laughs> so, because Toby was trying to push them out of the house into the urban legend of the witchy cult, Mm. It said that he wanted them all. Now, I don't know why he really wanted them all. Or he wanted everything. Maybe the, 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 the car crash that we talk about soon is, is part of his plan. And this was all a part of the plan. But he was trying to get them out of the house and get them to the grandmother's house. Okay. And when Julie wasn't buying the fact that there was a ghost in the house and that it was all, she was saying it was all bullshit. Yeah. She is in the kitchen. Everything looks fine. Uh. She walks out of the kitchen. She walks back into the kitchen. For a second, you're looking at the kitchen, you're like, something's missing from the kitchen. It's hardly Turns all the kitchen. Oh, yeah. Everything is missing from the kitchen, and it all comes crashing down from the ceiling. Jesus. At that point, this is when the 1988 recordings end and the legends start. Okay. I've already told you what happened to Dennis and Julie in real life, and mm-hmm. in my opinion, that's spooky enough. They tried to run from Toby, and he final destination. Yeah. No, I think maybe, again, that might have been a part of his plan. Maybe there was a reason that he wanted them away from him. Maybe there was a reason that he needed maybe to get them away from that situation so that they could not protect the two girls. It would get the two girls away from the two people who might try and exercise the demon or or do something, you know? Yeah. So, the following is an urban legend that got started by Paramount Pictures, creative license, and desire to continue the franchise as a fictional work instead of a documentary. So the legend is, when the family arrived at Lois's house, Christy and Toby played in the yard while Julie told Lois about everything that was happening. That night, Lois summoned the witch's coven and pulled Christy and even Katie out of their beds to prepare them for the ritual. Julie and Dennis were awoken by the sounds of approaching vehicles and Julie went to investigate. She witnessed the coven in the garage and was murdered, presumably by Toby. Dennis followed her and discovered Julie's death when Toby threw her body down a flight of stairs on top of him. When Dennis found Christy cowering in a nearby room, Toby attacked both of them and chased them into a closet. Unable to get to them, Toby possessed Katie and lured Dennis over to him to make uh, by making her cry over Julie's fallen body. When Dennis got close enough, Toby had Katie break both his legs. Toby later snapped Dennis's spine, folding him over backwards and killing him. Lois then took Christy and Katie upstairs to finish the ritual. Toby followed after spitefully stomping on Dennis's camera. Again, we can't stress enough the last section Josh just read was a fictional account to round up a movie. Everything before that is 100% legitimate home footage recorded by Dennis. The Midwives is the name given to a mysterious coven of witches. Very little is known about the origins of the Midwives, its leadership or its current diaspora. They promise demons the sacrifice of the next male child born into the family in exchange for power. They are known to have some sinister objective of creating an army of demon-possessed children for reasons that have yet to be revealed. Their symbol, which was found around the homes of Julie, Katie, Christie and Lois after the fact, along with the usual witchy stuff like pentagrams and upside-down crosses, the thaumaturgic triangle was found everywhere Toby was said to have haunted. 
used for purposes such as spell casting or summoning up demons, Satanists will often mark out a triangular area with symbols or powered or cursed items to draw in demonic power. This area can be of any size in any area with items at the three points. In this case, it was a triangle within a circle and as I said, it was found in all the afflicted areas, usually drawn crudely on the walls as if by child. And you know that to be a fact because I sourced that directly from a Christian website and how to to find Satanists and stuff like that. Christians are bonkers. What, like a a Satanist hunting like guide? I suppose, yeah, how to recognize a Satanist or a Satanist. (laughs) (laughs) Throughout the next 30 years, Toby grew absent. Okay, it's honesty time. We have a confession to make. We suck at socials. No good at Insta. Can't send a tweet or an X or whatever that super villain looking motherfucker is calling it now. Stick to your space cars, Elon. But we know you want to chat. You want to be kept updated. You want to be alive alive all the goddamn time. So we're getting down from the anti-social soapbox and giving this a try. So come chat to us on Insta and Twitter at AliveAlivePod or hit us up by email at itsalivealivepod at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. This is a project. It's still a work in progress and we just want to give you more of what you like and less of what you can't stand. So give us a like, give us a follow. We'll always hit you back and we'll always always try to reply to everyone so come say hi we don't bite well at least amy doesn't and she keeps me well fed so you got nothing to worry about now back to the show (laughs) in august 2006 a burglary occurred at the home of christy and daniel ray the entire house was trashed except for their infant son hunter's bedroom daniel installed security cameras throughout the house after the vandalism which captured many strange occurrences Martine, the Hispanic family housekeeper and nanny, went into Hunter's room after hearing a loud bang and sensed a demonic presence in his room. She took him downstairs and attempted to cleanse the house of evil spirits. But when Daniel arrived home and caught her burning sage, Martine was fired. Yeah, Daniel wasn't a very religious guy and had apparently warned Martine about doing rituals around the house a number of times. To be fair, he did say he'd give her a great recommendation. He was a close-minded dick, and in my opinion, he's one of the. He, he is the main reason, the main bad guy in this story. Christy believes that their house is haunted and tells Daniel. Daniel reviewed the footage but dismissed her claims. Christy talked to her sister Katie about being tormented by the demon when they were little girls, and Katie reminded Christy that by ignoring the activity last time, they got it to stop, and suggested she do- did the same again this time. Daniel's daughter, Ali, began investigating the mysterious occurrences and discovered that humans can make deals with demons for wealth and power by forfeiting the soul of their firstborn son. She also discovered that Hunter was the first male to be born on on Christie's side since the 1930s. The violence quickly escalated. The family's German shepherd, Abby, became aware of the demon's presence and was attacked. Daniel and Ali took Abby to the veterinarian, leaving Christy alone with Hunter. Before we get into what happens here with Christy and Hunter, have you seen the dog footage? Yes. It is creepy. So the dog wakes up. He usually slept in Hunter's room Mm. and went downstairs. And he starts barking. It kind of goes over near the the, the basement door and the basement door opens. Mm. And he's barking at that. And then he kind of goes over as if he senses something in the hallway near the front Mm. door. And you can see from the sitting room camera angle yeah. 
that you can see his hind legs. Okay. And he starts barking and backing away from something mm. and barking. And next thing you just literally see him drug off, like dragged mm. away and yelping. And next thing, uh, one of them must have had like a, a fucking phone or something. Did they have phones in 2006? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> phones were cameras. Yeah. But they had a camera on it anyway and they brought it down to see what was going on. And the dog was behind the couch. Yeah. Like, down, fucking injured. So, I mean, like, that was a crazy video. Uh, when Christy checked on the baby, the demon assaulted her and dragged her down to the basement where she stayed for an hour. Finally, the basement door opened and a possessed Christy walked out. The following day, Ali was home with Christy, who would not get out of bed. She found the basement door covered in scratches and the word meus, which is Latin for mine, etched into it. Before checking the footage from the night before, Ali believed it was scratching from from the dog. She didn't recognize the word because it was so roughly etched in. Ali went upstairs to check on Hunter and saw Christy there with a strange bite mark on her leg. When Ali tried to get Hunter, Christy furiously ordered her not to touch him. Now, terrified, Ali begged Daniel to come home. After he arrived, he showed him she showed him the footage of Christy's attack. He immediately called Martine, who prepared a cross to exorcise the demon, and tells told him that Christy will have no memory of being possessed. Since the curse could only be transferred to a blood relative, Daniel told Ali he was going to pass the demon on to Katie, so that Christy and Hunter could be safe. Ali begged him not, to, not because it would be unfair to Katie, but Daniel saw no other way to save his wife and son. See? What should I say? Bad guy and all around dickhead. That night, when Daniel tried to use a cross on Christy, she attacked him and all the house lights went out. Using a handheld camera's night vision, he found that Christy and Hunter had disappeared. Furniture started to topple over and the chandeliers began to shake. Daniel chased Christy into the basement where she attacked him. After he touched her with the cross, she collapsed and the house shook violently. Daniel heard a demonic growl and screams and finally the shaking stopped. Daniel put Christy to bed and burned a photo of a young Katie. The same photo Mika Sloth would soon find in his attic at his and Katie's home. Three weeks later, Katie visited and explained that strange things had started happening at her house. She then returned home to her boyfriend, Mika. Young couple Katie and Mika had just moved to a new house in San Diego. Katie claimed that an evil presence had been haunting her since she was a child. So Mika set up a camera in their bedroom to record any paranormal activity that occurred while they slept. A famous psychic, Dr. Fredericks, who revealed that Katie was being haunted by a demon that feeds off of negative energy and was intent on tormenting Katie, advised them not to communicate with the demon and to contact demonologist Dr. Johan Avery's if needed. Katie seemed interested, but Mika did not take this seriously. The camera managed to capture many strange occurrences, which were minor at first, such as noises, flickering lights, and doors moving on their own. However, Mika taunted and mocked the demon, worsening the situation. During the 13th night, the demon angrily screeched and there was a loud thud, causing the entire house to vibrate. Voice recorder tests were conducted by Mika the following morning, which revealed demonic grunting when Mika asked if he would like to use a Ouija board. During the 15th night, Katie, in an apparent trance, stood beside the bed and stared at Mika for two hours before going outside. Mika tried to convince Katie to go back inside, but she refused and appeared, appeared to remember none of it the next day. 
So we were talking earlier on about like um, maybe the reason, like even in our case here, that we might be seeing more stuff this week than we've seen in eight years living here. Yeah. Because we've said ourselves there's been one or two small things here and there every two or three years. Yeah, there has. You know, a box flies off of a fucking thing or something happens. But... Lands on the floor. We haven't actually seen a fly. Yeah, it was just I, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean fly. I mean the Irish word. I flew off the fucking thing. So oh, I mean is it fell off it, but we didn't see it. But um, that maybe this week we see more because we're talking about it more and we're giving yeah. it more attention. So that's the thing about these demons and these poltergeists. The you reason it always things. starts with small stuff is because they don't have the power to do anything else. Mm. They start small because they only have a small bit of energy. So they use that small bit of energy to, I don't know, move your keys. And then you're looking for your keys and it's driving you crazy. And you know you left them sitting on the table. You saw them there 10 minutes ago. They weren't there. You searched the entire house. You spent two or three hours looking for them. You come back. Your keys are on the table where you left them ages ago. And now you're thinking, that's weird. Mm. that's strange mm. I'm almost certain I mean how would I miss them that that's mm. fucked up someone had to move them so now you've given it you've given just even this, this slight thought that something strange has happened which gives that power that little tiny bit of extra power to mm. this presence mm-hmm. so now next time it could be a light flickering and you're like fuck the light flickered yeah it's like I wonder what caused that and that's giving it another bit of energy next yeah. thing a door moves on its own and it's like Holy shit, there's something in the fucking house. Now it's getting more energy. Mm-hmm. Now there's fucking doors slamming. There's definitely something in the this house. The whole kitchen's falling on you. But that's what I'm saying. It just starts to build and build and build and build and build mm-hmm. and build and build until it has as much power as it can to take control of you. Imagine the time if I paid attention to that open glove that went missing for years and then turned up the oh, yeah. <laughs> Like this open glove, we got a new one in the meantime, but this went missing in the house move. I mean, like we're talking about five or six years and I went upstairs one day and it's lying on the floor beside my bed. Yep. Yeah. See, that's what we're saying. It's always small things around here. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe this week we've given it more power by <laughs> talking about all these things. Maybe. Yeah, maybe we listen back to this podcast later and there'll be somebody else talking on it with us. <laughs> so when Mika brought home a Ouija board, which infuriated Katie, they left the house and the camera recorded an unseen force which moved the planchette to form an unknown message on the Ouija board, which then spontaneously caught fire. So that's a big one for... Um, skeptics that they find hard to explain again some skeptics are just going to say that the likes of mika is faking it but mika is dead and he is on oh, yeah, for yeah, this murder yeah, yeah. so be as skeptical as you want whatever they did i mean some people claim that maybe his gaslighting cracked, cracked up. her yeah. to the point of murder but it doesn't explain but the rest of the family. Have, but that's it. That's what I'm saying. Well, they, they, they completely write off. The third one is fake because Paramount had creative license. Yeah. The second one, yeah, there's something there. And you see the transfer. Yeah. done. But, again, skeptical people are always going to be skeptical. You can't convince everybody. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. But we're convinced. <laughs> so, Katie saw the video of the Ouija board catching fire and pleaded with Mika to contact a demonologist. But he, again, refused. During the 17th night, Mika sprinkled baby powder in the hallway and the bedroom. 
The couple were awakened by creaks and found non-human footprints leading to the attic where Mika found a burnt photograph of a young Katie planted by Daniel Ray. Death. That's another thing we have in this house. At night, every night, no, settling house as always, but it's it does, it specifically sounds like somebody is walking across the landing well, every yeah, night. The noise does travel across the landing, but it's a floorboard creaking the whole way up. But yeah, we know that. Yeah. But, but when you're here on your own, you hear it, it literally does sound like someone is walking from one side Tip-toeing of the, like the, 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 the landing to the other. And it happens a few times a night. But again, if you didn't know, you'd be like, there's someone out there. There's an and there's been a few nights like where you and me have been in bed watching something. The next thing I've heard of you, I've been like one of the lads run away to come to the jacks. Like, there's no you know? beep here. And then nothing happened. Yeah. And it's like the creeks are that loud, like, you know. And we would know the difference between the regular creeks and the lower exactly, creeks. So yeah. But again, like you said, every house has weird noises, settling noises. It's just one of those things. Katie finally called the demonologist, Dr. Averys, but he was out of the country. Hard luck, Katie. The events of the 17th night had psychologically terrified the couple, which in turn had strengthened the demon. Over the next few nights, the paranormal activity was excessive and intense. They eventually called Dr. Fredericks, who returned to the house, but he was overwhelmed by the demonic energy upon entering. He apologetically left despite their pleas and stated that his presence only made the demon angrier. The bleak reality caused the couple to lose all hope, which made the demon strong enough to be able to pull Katie out of the bedroom and bite her, which caused her to become fully possessed. Mika discovered the bite mark and decided that the events were too out of control to remain in the house. So he packed to head to a motel. Just as they were set to leave, the possessed Katie insisted that they would be okay now. I am literally just, the penny has only just dropped at me that both sisters were bitten and then became possessed. Are you serious? Yep. When we were watching that, the, the, the one where, where, where Christy got bit. I was like, right, well, that's her fuck. She's bit now. Did that, did that, that ever been to... I just thought they got bitten by, by Toby just because he's being a dick. No, <laughs> they, were, they were yep. both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully picked snow because they were both under control at that point uh, in those videos. Yep. The follow- <laughs> you know how I felt when you in the limehouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the following night, Katie gets out of bed and stares at Mika for two hours before going downstairs. After a moment of silence... Katie screams for Mika. He abruptly rushes to help her. Afterwards, Mika exclaims in pain, causing Katie to stop screaming. And then heavy footsteps are heard coming up the stairs. Suddenly, Mika's body is violently hurled at the camera, which is knocked off the tripod, revealing a demonic Katie standing in the doorway. She slowly walks into the room, stained with blood, and crawls to Mika's body, then looks up at the camera with a grin. She lunges towards the camera with what looks to be like a demonic face, just as the scene cuts to black. Mika's body was discovered by police on October 11, 2006. On October 9th, the night after Mika is killed, a possessed Katie breaks into Daniel and Christie's home and kills Daniel by snapping his neck while he watches TV. That's what you get for being a dick, Daniel. No respect for the dead. Yeah, if you're a dick in life, then you're a dick in death. And that's the cold, hard fact of it. <laughs> you said dick and hard. <laughs> Easy beetle. <laughs> we got a show to do. She then kills Christy in Hunter's room, violently hurling her at the camera and takes the baby. She leaves cradling Hunter and the screen fades to black as Hunter's crying turns into laughter. 
Ali was on a school trip, on her school trip at the time, and she found the bodies of Daniel and Christy upon her return home. Katie and Hunter's whereabouts remains unknown. There was a sighting of them in a neighborhood in Henderson, Nevada, which became the basis for the location of Paranormal Activity 4, the first fully fictional movie in the franchise. In it, it's claimed Hunter was put up for adoption by Katie using falsified identification, which they got from the midwife's cult members. The authorities were looking for a woman and a child. It was safer to keep them apart, so she moved them across the road with another random child and kept watch over Hunter. Yeah, that other kid, Robbie, isn't it? He's a creepy little shit. <laughs> yeah, in the movie, Robbie and Toby start to, to reinitiate Hunter back into the cult and prepare him to be taken over as a vessel for Toby while tormenting his adopted family in the process. Yeah, the movie was heavily sponsored by Microsoft, using the Xbox Connect to record the demons, movement and activities. <laughs> Writers for the Marked Ones claim to have been influenced by a story about Toby and the midwives that circulated on a creepypasta subreddit. The creepiest one, though, is the one they recreated in the ghost dimension. The real video is on YouTube and is terrifying. A child that looks remarkably like Christy Featherstone is being trained to see into the beyond. In the video, the child begins to describe what she sees, and what she sees is two men watching her on a TV. She describes the room the men are standing in perfectly, and it's identical to the room the men watching this footage are standing in. The tape then goes black. The validity of these videos have been heavily disputed and are the subject of countless YouTube videos trying to debunk or debunk it or prove its authenticity. No matter what way you cut it, our research this week has made a believer out of me. Between Enfield and Asmodeus, I'm sold. I'm definitely going to look into this ghost hunting business. What do you think? What's your opinion I after all of this? I have been saying for years that I'd like to go ghost hunting. Yeah? Well, yeah. I'd like and to are you a believer? Like, do you oh, am I a believer? I don't know. On the fence. You're on the fence. I'm on the fence, but if there's something in the house, like, like um, on the not fence. Not just the, on the fence, is there something in the house, but in general, wide, wide range. Do you believe in a paranormal thing? Do you believe yeah. in ghosts? Do you believe in demons? Do you believe in, in poltergeists? I believe that there's something paranormal there. I, I, like, I don't know how I define them in my own head, do, mm. do you know, with, 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 with all the categories, but I mean, yeah, you definitely think there, uh, there is the possibility there, yeah. of something, something from another plane of Some, existence. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. Something from Being another plane. Around us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They say that about Bigfoot too, though. They say he's from another plane of existence and that's why he... That makes more sense to me than we just haven't found him yet because the forest is too big. <laughs> Genuinely, it does. You think you'd find Bigfoot, a Bigfoot poop at least. I mean, they have to shit big. Unless they're like dogs and they take poop and it's like, oh <laughs> shit, I clean that up. It. Yeah. Ah. Vetch clean foot are big animals. Yeah. <laughs> big foot are clean animals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. We definitely went off the rails. That's it for this week, then. Let's hope we haven't stirred up any, too many spirits around here. Not that we'd hear shit going up in the night here, anyway. Our kids talk loudly in their oh, sleep, and our dog shit. snores like the demon dog out of Adam Sadner's little Nikki. If you enjoyed this, we have so much more available on Patreon. 
with extra full-length shows, real monsters, and behind the mask, along with early ad-free access to our main show, It's Alive Alive, mini-sold creepypasta crypt and real monsters, and any extras or bonus material will be uploaded there first. And all for just five bucks. You wouldn't get a point for that these days. And our library is growing and growing every week with at least 12 episodes up for each show. So so subscribe and start binging today. Also, you can find us in all socials at Alive Alive Pod. We're most active on Instagram, TikTok. And for our older listeners like me, we have a Facebook group at It's Alive Alive Podcast group. So until next week, keep your eyes on the shadows. Toby might be watching. Stop, because I got to pee in a minute and you need to stand outside the door. <laughs> <laughs> it's Alive Alive, all the guts and gore with none of the guilt. See you next week. Same Alive Alive time, same Harvest channel. Love you, bye-bye. Hey, lady, I love you, bye-bye. See ya.